Good evening, everyone. It's time for Necromaniacs. This week, it's me and Jeff. How's it going, Jeff? Good, man. How you doing? Do you want me? To, do you want me to tell you the truth, or do you want me to say I'm doing okay? Let's hear the truth. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I'm not doing so great, but I'm I'm sorry to hear that, Mike. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure you don't want to discuss what's happening on the no, air. I, I'd no, rather, uh... I'd rather forego all that. Anyone out there who knows me personally know what's knows what's going on, and if you don't. And it's none of your fucking business, so. <laughs> right on. Well, just know we all got your back, man. Right on. Uh, yeah, uh, man. So, uh, you check out anything cool since we talk, last spoke? Yeah, you know, I have checked out a few things. First thing, non-movie related. I went to my first show since uh, 2019. Really? Who'd you go see? Yes. I went to go see Quicksand. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my old friend Steve Brodsky from the band Caven is now their second guitar player. And uh, they just put out a new album uh, a few months ago. Thought it was, uh, you know, I was at first was, was wasn't that interested, but I listened to it on a road trip and thought uh, thought it was pretty damn good. Uh, so yeah, I went to go see my friend play at the Troubadour. It was. Uh, Funny, the last show I went to in 2019 was Jawbox, so it seems all I see is reunited bands from the 90s. I, I haven't seen anything new in a while. But it was fun. It was great. You know, you had to show proof of vaccination. Everyone was in there. Everyone was having a good time. It was good to see a bunch of 40-something-year-olds uh, singing along and moshing to their hit, the hits from the 90s. I had, I, I had a great time. Uh, I, I didn't realize how much I missed it. Missed going to shows? Yeah. Yeah, and, and Quicksand, too, of course. You know, they were one of my favorite bands when I was, like, 16, 17. And uh, the songs still uh, hold up quite well today. But, uh, yeah, it was good to go to a show. You know, you kind of, like, as soon as you step into a club, you like, that smell is unmistakable. You know, it's you're right back there. That smell of, like, you know, beer and sweat and uh, merch. <laughs> yeah, people. people. Yeah, ex- yeah. Ex- exactly. And uh, I, I really really enjoyed myself and like i said the band was great steve is a a good fit a good 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 fit for um for them so that was a was a lot of fun had a really good time and uh other than that man uh well you know it's october so i i i watch a bunch of stuff in october but i watched dune uh last week oh yeah man i want i'm very very much interested in seeing that for sure what are your thoughts about Dune? Because what, me, the book or the or the last movie, just or just what? in general, like like for me, like I've tried twice to read the book, and like as soon as I get like a hundred pages in, I realize I retain none of it. Like it just well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you're um, I I I only read the first two. Okay, I didn't. I'm not. I'm not like a uh, dedicated Dune fan. But I do, I did enjoy it, and it just was not, it wasn't like I didn't like them, I just um, moved on to some other things, and I never went back, and this is like way back uh, when I was uh, in high school, I think I, I read those books, and uh, yeah, very interesting mythology, very deep, um, you know, I, I didn't like David Lynch's movie, um, honestly, and um, I think most people share that opinion about it, and uh, I think he was the wrong fit for that type mm, of film. Yeah, yeah. I believe that to tell the story the right way, that it should be a series. Mm. 
not not a, a 90 minute feature film but i'm still gonna go i mean my, i think their plan is to make several of these so that makes sense to me i guess well today they just announced that dune part two is a go this is titled dune part one okay and it's close to three hours i think it's over oh, two and wow. a half hours okay and um, according to my girlfriend, it stops when the plot gets started. She's more familiar uh, with the Dune world than I am, which is to say I don't know anything. Uh, I can't really – I kind of agree with you about David Lynch's movie. It's, I think it's sort of an interesting failure. Like it's never – it's confusing as hell, but visually it has some great moments. Um, but yeah, in the whole David Lynch canon, I, it's definitely his worst movie by far. Yeah, it just wasn't uh, the right type of thing for him to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he knows it too. I think any time it ever comes up in an interview, he sort of like doesn't want to talk about it and just usually says like he wishes he didn't do it, you know. Um, this version, I think you're going to be pretty happy with. I, I had some trouble following it, and, and then my girlfriend was trying to explain it to me, and then I really couldn't understand what was going on. But the longer the movie went on, the more I kind of just everything sort of fell into place for me. And I understood it pretty well. Uh, I think if it was anyone but Denny Villeneuve directing this, I don't know that I would have cared. But since it was him, I'll, he's one of my favorite directors. I'll watch anything he does. And and I'm glad I did. I, I really liked it. It was, um, you know, I have HBO Max, so I saw it on on that, but uh, this in IMAX uh, with Dolby Sound, I, I bet would be an an incredible experience. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. It's playing at the theater over here, so um, I think maybe over the weekend since it's three hours long, I might go check Close that to out. It, yeah. yeah, I might go check yeah. that out. You know, and it moves it. quick too. Like I was never bored, and it's not like a big action spectacle either. Like it's 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 pretty. It's sci-fi for adults, for sure. It's not Star Wars. Although, I don't know why it took me this long to realize what a huge influence this book must have been on George Lucas. You know, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know when Dune was written, actually. Frank Herbert. I think it was the 60s or late 60s-ish, I think. Something like that. Oh, yeah, 65. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so there maybe, you go. Possibly. Yeah, I can see it. You know, like the Sandworm, they have something similar in, in, in Star Wars or like the Sherlock Pit or whatever it's called. Um, definitely, definitely worth seeing. If you're kind of on the fence about it, you're not sure you give a shit about Dune, I felt the same way, but I'm really glad uh, I watched it. And uh, one of the better movies I've seen so far this year. And uh wish I saw it in theater, but, you know... Whatever. That's how I think I'm going to go and do it because I know it's going to be a experience with the big screen and the sound system and all that kind of stuff. And I'd rather, uh, you yeah, know, I'd rather go and do that on some afternoon, you know. And, yeah, uh, check yeah, it out. No, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it plays on the on the small screen. I mean, any good movie does, obviously. But like, you know, just when you see something like, you know, his last movie, Blade Runner, I was like, thank God I saw it on the biggest screen possible just to see these these visuals on a massive scale uh this would be a similar thing um you know last week we talked a little bit about mike flanagan uh we talked to you talked uh you mike and uh and, and i talked about uh, and me yeah <laughs> talked about uh yeah. uh 
what was it midnight mass i didn't i didn't really like it um my girlfriend really liked it so this this october we watching going kind of going through his movies of the ones she hadn't seen and uh last week we talked a little bit about ouija origin of evil way better than than it needs to be (laughs) but uh we watched his first movie ever absentia uh hadn't seen it since it came out and uh happy to say i you know for a movie with uh, that had no money behind it i think it's i think it holds up really well I enjoyed that one too, and and it actually ties in a little bit into uh, our thing that we're talking about tonight. You know, there, there's a little thematic uh, similarities to one of the one of the p- That's parts. True. A little bit. That's true. Know. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, I didn't even think of that. So uh, other than that, that's uh, oh, the other thing I have written down is Last Shift. Did you ever see that from 2014? Oh, yeah. I liked ninety nine percent of that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. <laughs> like, there's like a point where I'm like, this is almost getting borderline goofy. But the the first forty minutes is just pure tension and uh, pr- pretty cool original idea: a haunted uh, police station with with uh, with only one person in it. Uh, really dug that one. Yeah, man that that's a really great setting. I think for. Um for a uh, you know kind of a weird fiction like haunting type of thing it reminded me of a short story that i read there was a uh, an anthology of a uh, weird fiction called uh oh, fuck dude burnt black sun sunburnt something like that <laughs> uh, burnt black sun let me, let me sounds, sounds like an album that would come out on relapse in like the late 90s yeah burnt black suns a collection of weird fiction uh, okay. Yeah. Writing that a, down. I read that a while ago, and uh, there was a story in there that, yeah, Simon Stranza. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. Laird Barron. Yeah, he's involved in that whole thing. So yeah, I okay. remember reading that and then seeing this, uh, the last shift, and being like, oh yeah, it reminded me of like one of the stories in there. So yeah, definitely. Oh it, yeah, it kind of did feel like like a like a short story that was like expanded on, like you know, like maybe like. If you read it, it wouldn't go so deep into the mythology of the ghosts and what they were. Cause that, that stuff was kind of, was the stuff that didn't quite come together. For me, it got a little corny. Like, it, it was all about the, the, the scares and her being alone. And, and that that's what was scary. Some some of the other stuff was just a little bit too, too silly, I thought. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I like most of it. You know, and it had a lot of good atmosphere and it was like really you know a lot of a lot of very tense moments and yeah i mean you put yourself in that setting of just being someplace all night by yourself even if it's just an, a fucking police station or an office or something like that scary yeah and uh you know for a low budget movie the acting's really good you really buy the lead as a as a rookie cop she really does a, a really good job with the role and uh you know in a lesser movie so you know you get someone who can't really pull it off the movie doesn't work and uh i think i think she does a great job in, in that role anyway what else man anything else oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i think that's pretty much it for me what about you you go to any shows see anything good uh i haven't gotten any shows since the decibel metal and beer fest which was uh fantastic which happened a couple weeks ago did we? Uh, yeah, we haven't talked about that. You saw the movie and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, Dead yeah. guy. Yep, the Dead Guy documentary. Um, I saw Bambara play. That was great. 
Um, oh wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Good lives. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're great. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Metal Beer Fest, uh, Dead Guy Live, first time in you know whatever twenty five plus years, I guess. Uh, very cool. I got to talk to Keith for a while. Um, I went to the uh, film debut, and uh, that was uh, pretty cool, man. I, I that was like kind of tripped out because it was like a big event. You know what I mean? It was like the first time I'd gone out of town to be in a like a, a show type setting. And I was like, you know, they check to see if you're vaccinated and all that. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm like, oh, should I wear a mask? I don't, you know, some people have masks on, some people don't. So I kind of half-ass wore my mask. And then, <laughs> yes. like, if I was talking to someone with a mask on, I put it on so, I, you know, to make them comfortable, you know what I mean? But at... um. But at, at the metal and beer festival, I was pretty much raw dogging it the whole time, man. I just maskless, you know. Yeah. I mean, most people did not wear masks. Some people did, you know. I don't know. I don't know. I have I don't, the same I philosophy to, you I do. I don't know how to feel about all that stuff, really. Yeah, if if someone's talking to me and they're wearing a mask, I'll, I'll put it on. Like, uh, you know, I wore it when I walked went in the door for quicksand. I immediately saw uh, Matt Pike, or uh, not the guy from High and Fire, the other guy who was our first ISIS's first booking agent. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a minute. He was wearing a mask, so you know, I kept mine on. But uh, we got up to the balcony, came time to watch the show. No one else on the balcony was wearing a mask. Everyone's drinking beer except me. Um, so I just, you know, just took mine off. I was like, well, I don't want to be the only one wearing one. <laughs> feel like an asshole a little bit but and we all showed we were vaccinated so i thought all right it should be fine but uh, yeah i know what you mean i don't know I, I don't know it's weird i have mixed feelings about it all yeah it's you know i i think uh at some point you know we're just gonna like not wear masks i guess i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah or like or we'll wear them forever it's either well, one or the other yeah i mean well depending on what part of the country you're in i guess too you know that's 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 true. Um, how was the how was the documentary though? Was it good? Yeah, it was good. I actually have the uh, the filmmaker William Saunders on my other podcast, um, the Everything Went Black podcast. So there's an interview with him, and he talks about making the movie and why he made it, and how meaningful Dead Guy was to him, and all this other stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, I think uh, I think we got some friends. I know uh, you know the, some of the cable guys were interviewed for that. Did that that footage make? The movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, Randy and Vic were in that. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of people that I, you know, know personally that were in it. Nice. And then there Great. are definitely some other people that, you know, everyone else out there will know. Um, you know, like uh, Randy Blythe was in there. Uh, he's a pretty cool right. guy. Um, yeah, yeah, good, good dude. And some other people, you know. Cool. That, yeah, that guy meant a lot to a lot of their reach was 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 pretty large uh for a band from the hardcore scene they got a lot of fans from outside of it and their sort of uh mystique has only grown over the years you know they they broke up i think pretty pretty prematurely uh yeah so uh, I know they're doing a California show out here the metal and beer fest and uh, I'm thinking about going you should you said they're you said they're still good live, huh? It's been oh yeah, 20, 25. Sometimes you know, like those reunions, they can go either way. But so that's good to hear. Well, one, one of the things that, that gave good. me confidence was that the Rorschach reunions 
were really tight. And uh, right, I, I don't think Keith would do something where it wasn't going to be totally sick. You know what I mean? Yeah, he doesn't seem like someone who does anything uh, half-assed. You know, he seems like a like he's a, a you know puts his heart in everything he does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I only met him a few times. Him and Keith, and uh, uh, I mean Keith and uh, Tim. I only met them a few times. Yeah, I, I don't but, even know Tim. I know Keith. And if anyone's interested in my interview with Keith, <laughs> you can check it out on Everything Went Black. That was a couple of weeks ago. It's a really good interview. It's fun. You know, just uh, he's a fun guy. I like he's got a great sense of humor. We talked about a bunch of stuff. You know, it's cool. Yeah, it, it was fun to listen to that one. I enjoyed it. Um, you see anything else as far as uh, movies, TV? Actually, at Sh- on Shudder, they added a bunch of cool stuff, which I watched. And um, you're going to be happy to know that one of them was A Field in England by Ben Wheatley. Ah, uh, <laughs> curious what you think of that one. I thought it was great, man. It was like uh, kind of, you know, it, it had a Monty Python vibe to it somewhat. Yeah. Simon, <laughs> yeah. Simon Barrett is in it, the guy from the Mighty Boosh. I don't know, he was in it in the beginning. That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, that other cunt from uh, In the Earth, <laughs> the guy that with the beard and that long hair. You know, that, oh, right. That, yes. that, that yeah. cunt. You know what I'm talking about? The bad, the bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, so that cunt was in also in a field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really, I'm really uh, going with the British... Uh, <laughs> Oi, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that cunt from <laughs> Field Yeah, <of> <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's it's basically 90 minutes of like people in a field like acting crazy. Like it's one of his stranger movies, but that's just but this is what I love about Ben Wheatley, man. You just you never know what you're going to get. Like he kind of came out the gate with this like darkly comedic gangster flick and then does one of the best occult horror movies of all time with Kill List. Then he does like a comedy about uh, a couple of serial killers. You know, he's kind of, and you know, this movie is just completely like al- almost like lynching him how weird it is. I really uh, liked I'm it, gl- actually. I like the quiet. I'm good. glad you liked it. Yeah. I got to watch that again. It's been like since it came out since I've seen that. I think the budget for it was like 65 grand or something like that. It was like, <laughs> like some incredibly like small budget for this, that film. Yeah, you can tell there's like hardly anything going on, like as far as like sets or anything like that. Uh, yeah. But you know, he does well. Like, you know, in the earth, like obviously, didn't it didn't have much of a budget, and he he pulled off a a movie we both like. You know, I, we both I think wish we liked it a little bit more than we did, but it was still I still thought it was uh was pretty damn good. Yeah, I liked it fine, man. I thought that was cool. I like it more now that I had time to simmer. You know, it simmered a little mm. bit. Now I'm like, you know, maybe I'll check it out again for sure. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think I gave it a four out of five. I think the more I thought about it, maybe I was like, maybe it's a four and a half. I'm, I don't know. Um, very curious to see his giant shark movie. I know that's what he's up to next. So, <laughs> uh, two, uh, I saw two other things, which I've seen before, but are always good to revisit. And that's uh, The Addiction, the Abel Ferrara film. Oh, wow. That, okay. All yeah. of these are on Shudder, man. So hurry up and go out there and, and check it out. It's all, if you have Shudder, it's all there. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's got Lily Taylor in it. It's like a bunch of people from The Sopranos, you know, like Edie Falco, Annabella Sciarra, yeah. uh, Michael Imper- Imperioli has a small part. Um, Chris Christopher Walken is, is great in it, you know, and it's. 
actually one of my favorite Ferrara movies, actually. The the Addiction and Blackout are probably my two Abel Ferrara films that I love. There's a lot to choose from there. And I mean, like you didn't even mention the great Bad Lieutenant, you know. Uh, As time goes by, I think I like these two more and I love the Bad Lieutenant, you know. Yeah, the funeral is a good one, too. Yeah, it's good. You know, I think the Bad Lieutenant, I think it's like it's kind of like my stairway to heaven in some ways because uh, I get you. I've seen that so many times. Like I've watched it over and over and over again. And, and like maybe maybe that's why I'm like moving moving on to like watching the addiction over and over again because I really I have like the you know the I have a, the Blu-ray of the addiction. I think it's uh, either Arrow put it out or something. It's like really it's like a deluxe edition. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta check that out again. It's been been forever. Uh, I think I've seen Werner Herzog's Bad Lieutenant more than I've seen Abel Ferrara's. That that's a good one too, man. I I, um, I love that movie, dude. I you know the first time I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck is this go- is going on here?" But I I've watched it like four or five times over the last year because it's on Tubi, and uh, ah. it's like so sketchy. And, and just weird and like off color. And I really, I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I think Werner Herzog's contempt for like American cop cinema is, is clearly on display. I mean, it, it's, it's like a send up of, of those kind of movies. And uh, Nicolas Cage is kind of playing like a, almost like Bugs Bunny or something. His, his performance is just off the charts and he's got this ridiculously cartoonish big gun <laughs> and, uh, well the funny thing about his gun is that he doesn't even have a holster for it he just stubs down yeah. the front of his pants <laughs> yeah and i just love how he's just like his clothes are ill-fitting and i love everything about that movie it's it's uh it's so goddamn funny it's so good and val kilmer uh oh, in yeah. a yeah. in a supporting role you don't see much of val kilmer uh, anymore obviously he got, he got pretty sick but like he made some pretty great movies towards towards the end of his acting career with like that and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah. Great stuff. And uh the last of my uh exploration of the new uh additions to Shudder is Habit, the Larry Fessenden um vampire movie. That's on Shudder now? Yes, sir. Oh shit, I know what I'm watching tonight. That's the only one of his I, I haven't seen. Yeah. So good. And, yeah, um yeah. big fan. You know, it's like takes place in the '90s. It's in New York. It's like you know a New York that doesn't exist anymore. You know, and um, right, just like it reminds me of like good times. You know, when uh, I don't know, life was more exciting. I think for me back then, maybe because I was younger and filled with vigor and uh, enthusiasm. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that was New York still pretty seedy in the in the early '90s? I mean, when did Giuliani clean up uh, Times Square and turn it into Disneyland? Yeah, I mean, New York, New York was like early '90s. It felt still felt like the '80s, and then like it still was pretty sketchy even into like '96, '97. Because I remember um, even going into like Williamsburg from Manhattan into Williamsburg over the bridge. It, it you would drive through some areas that were like kind of sketchy, and you know, like that South Williamsburg area was mm. was not as ad- inviting as it is now like there's no uh you know vice uh headquarters or you know fucking cool like stores or anything like that right so it was well, all just kind of like desolate you know i think we talked about this on this podcast before about playing uh the williamsburg music hall back when it was the north six yep 
and it being like this just desolate, like nothing going on. And then on the ISIS final tour, we're playing that uh, Williamsburg Music Hall and, uh, you know, like, you know, I'm going to different bars with my friend where he's hitting him a clothing shop. It was a completely, completely different neighborhood. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it's crazy to see just over like, you know, a span of like what, I don't even know how long that was. It took like what, five, five years and, and the neighborhood was completely different. Yeah. You know, and I'm not one of these, these guys who's like, oh yeah, it was better in the eighties or whatever, you know, when people were like breaking into your house and crawling, you know, like climbing through your windows and stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to say that where it, it was right. like, totally unsafe, <laughs> but I do, I have to say, man, like the late nineties into like maybe 2008, 2009, it was like, you know, relatively safe. It was safe, you know. It wasn't, but it just wasn't as like ridiculous as it is now. Like especially in Brooklyn. Like when I moved to Greenpoint, right? It was like real desolate and quiet, but still not dangerous. You know what I mean? It just no one lived there because there was nothing cool about Greenpoint back then. Yeah, I, that's like know. when I lived in New York and I lived in Astoria. It was uh, same exact thing. It was uh, like pretty much Greek an Italian and a Puerto Rican neighborhood and uh, the hipsters didn't come there yet. I think I was one of the first, you know, I was a, <laughs> you were the first hipsters. <laughs> I was, I get, well, you know, I was like 30 and I wasn't, you know, make, you know, making a living being in a band and all that stuff. There's nothing really going. Like I had two friends, good friends who lived in Brooklyn. I, uh, uh, they didn't come to Queens once the entire time I lived there. Yeah. And now if you watch like the food network or anything like that, it just seems to be, a million, a whole food scene, a whole just, you know, young people moved in and kind of taken over. It, yeah, completely different. The, <laughs> like Greenpoint, the drummer for Cable grew up there when it was like an all Polish neighborhood. And now it's like, man, I know like actors and shit who live there. Well, that there was that TV, that show on HBO that with the, the girls that lived there. That was like allegedly where they all lived. And, uh, oh, know. girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a pretty good show people it was like sex in the city you know what i mean like where people are like oh this is where these people live and this is the kind of life they have i want to i want to live there now right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's all lena dunham's fault <laughs> <laughs> uh interesting yeah okay well cool so the movie we did come to talk about though is the fourth movie in the vhs series entitled VHS 1994. See how we segued uh, into talking about the 90s into this? Yeah. It's clever, Slick, right? man. We're, to <laughs> we're, we're, we're total pros over here at Necromaniac headquarters. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you you want to start it off? You have, you have four stories and a wraparound. I think all of the movies have have four stories and a wraparound are you a fan of this series at all well i was going to ask you the same question um well I, yes and no yeah okay all right well yeah. i i like the first two a lot actually mm, yeah the third one started uh trailing off mm -hmm. and uh you know this one um i was reluctant actually to see this because i was just like oh man that old tired thing you know like Again, yeah. another one of these. and uh, But I started seeing people talking about it. And I was like, you know what, man? It's on Shudder. I've got Shudder. And I, I, do, a horror, well. I do a horror podcast. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, might as, I might as well watch it, you know? And, and 
have some, you know, some thoughts about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you, too. I think the first one is good. I think all the stories are pretty solid. I don't think there's a stinker among them, but I don't think there's anything mind-blowing among any of them. But it, it's a pretty solid movie. Two is the same way, except it has one real high point. Yeah. Uh, with I think it was called Safe House. It was uh, Safe co-directed. Haven. Safe, Safe Haven. Haven. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, co-directed by the guy who did uh, the Raid movies. I don't know if you've seen those. Oh yeah, dude. Timo, I can't pronounce his last name, but I'm gonna try. T- T- Timo Jajanto. Yeah, he, also one of the Mo brothers. Yeah, he directed. Uh, he co-directed that along with Gareth Evans. Gareth Evans is actually the guy that did the Raid movies. I was confused about that. Gareth Evans is a British guy who made movies in Indonesia, I guess. Yeah. He also did uh, uh, this action, like, kind of like a martial arts action movie called uh, The Night Comes For Us, which is awesome. Oh, he did that? Yeah, I think he's on, I think that's on Netflix right now. And that has the lead actor from The Raid in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like those movies quite a bit, especially the first one. Um but yeah, I agree with you. Uh, part three of uh, VHS, I think the highlight was Nacho Vigalando's uh, segment. The, uh, he's a, a great director. I don't know if you've ever seen Time Crimes or uh, Colossal. Uh, he's a very interesting director. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I've seen those. Those are really good. Yeah, his segment was pretty cool. I think like it's been years since I've seen it, but I think he walks through a closet and he basically uh, is in a doppelganger version of like his house where, and everyone, it's like the mirror opposite kind of, kind of thing. I thought that segment was, was fantastic. Uh, the re- the rest of it was, I, I honestly couldn't really tell you what happened in there. I know the guys who did the endless did, did, did a segment in that, I believe, but I don't. Yeah. Well, a couple of people actually uh, kind of launched into, like their careers were launched with the VHS films, like Adam Wingard. You know, he he was on that. Uh, you know, there was like a bunch of people. Um, the, other, the the Morehouse and uh, fuck whatever the guy's name is. The the endless, Benson and Morehouse. Benson and Morehouse. Yeah, those two guys. Yeah. Um, you know, David Bruckner. He's done a bunch of stuff. He actually comes back for this uh, VHS ninety four. Um, yeah, Ty West. You know, he had a segment on here. So it's like. You know, it, it, it's um, yeah, it's kind of like the EC comics of of uh, horror films in some ways. You know what I mean? Like EC, like launched the careers of a bunch of like w- more well known, you know, uh, art- artists and writers and stuff. But, but yeah, you know the um, the stories are, are the segments are they're segments, they're shorts basically, and um, right, varying in in quality, and that's true across the entire four part series so far. Yeah, totally. And I have to say, the wraparound stories in all of them are kind of nonsensical to me and almost like don't really need it, you know, or, or abbreviate it. You know, something like, like Creepshow, the original has, you know, you have a very short intro and a, and a, and a very short outro, and that's really all you need. And then a Creepshow too, you know, the, 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 the creep introduces the segments. And, and Especially in this one, the wraparound sub, uh, uh, story is, is just kind of nonsensical and been the worst part of the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, the wraparound story was, was kind of dumb, I thought. And, you know, I don't know. It's just like uh, the ending of that. At first, I was like, 
all right, cool. I think I've seen this before. Maybe in another VHS where we got like a SWAT team in a van and they're they're like, right. you know infiltrating some sort of house, you know, and they think it's a drug thing and it turns out to be something else, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's how like all all of them started. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, except this one seemed to have feel more like a student film almost in the beginning. Um. I gotta say right off the bat, the 1994. I was, you know, I guess not. Like people have moved on from 80s nostalgia and are now moving on to 90s nostalgia. Uh, I thought this idea of of having it all take place in the, the 1994 visuals was would have worked for like one segment in, <laughs> in, in in this in this movie. Let alone yeah. I, the the idea that it, it can sustain a whole movie was uh, a mistake. I think. Uh, the visuals are just drab and ugly, and by the end of it, like not even by the end of it, I think like like halfway through, I just wanted it to be over. Well, like when when I turned this on, I was like, wait, what the fuck's this? It looked like it had the same like production value of like a porno from the eighties. You know what I mean? It like it looked like a porn. Like the it's same, funny you say the same look. <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that because I have in my notes about the ending. I was like, this just like has a porn vibe to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it doesn't it doesn't let up the whole time. I like it's all really kind of grainy, shitty. I guess night. It feels like technology was a little bit better than this in in, in 1994. I want to say this almost feels like if I had to like look at this footage, I'd be like, oh, this is from the 80s or something. But whatever. It, it, it didn't mean, really. Yeah. yeah, like exactly. Like it didn't. It didn't make anything more believable. As a matter of fact, like you know, like when you when you watch like a found footage film, you know, you want to you want to believe that this is real, you know, that there's like okay, we found like a videotape in like a closet somewhere and and this is what we found and oh my god, that's like some sketchy shit on here or whatever. Right. Um, but it it really and, and maybe it was just poor writing, you know? Not not across the board cuz some of this stuff was there was a couple things on here that I really liked. Yeah, sure, me too. And there was definitely some stuff on here that I did not like. And when I look back, I saw who wrote and directed some of these things. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, this person probably doesn't know what the fuck they're doing because they don't do horror necessarily. Right, you know? yeah. Uh, like, yeah, and I just think, like, setting, like, the found footage thing, like, I don't know. Setting it in the 90s. Uh, it it didn't really add anything to the story. It was just like a, a, a visual gimmick for you know an hour and forty five minutes. That and the gimmick wore off really really quickly. So yeah, one maybe one like fifteen minute segment I would have been fine with, but a whole movie it, it was just too much. And so, aside think, from the crappy video quality, there really was nothing out. Nothing that that. Well, I'll, there's one exception, but in general, for all of these across the board, except for one thing. There is no reason to have these stories set in the '90s, right? You know, like yeah. there's the uh, the one that our buddy uh, Steve Kostans- the Steve Kostansky did, the Veggie Smasher commercial. Right, the commercial. Yeah, I wrote that down. That seemed like something out of like Mandy. You well, know? like when yeah. the Cheddar Goblin. Well, that <laughs> yeah. that felt very '90s or or you know not of this time because that kind of stuff I don't yeah. think is really. That, that doesn't really fly these days. And, of course, uh, Steve Kostansky did uh, The Void and Psycho Goreman. Right, right. And um, it, it, I almost, I thought he probably, I thought he might have done the last segment, too, but it turns out he didn't. Uh, 
because it kind of had that humor of that that truth he's a part like like you know they made the editor as well correct they did yeah like the last one well we'll we'll get there let's start at the top okay so the wraparound story was this thing called holy hell and uh Mm -hmm. that was uh jennifer reader who um lo and behold is not known for known for horror (laughs) <laughs> do you know what she's known for? I, I, I don't recognize the name, and I didn't really see anything about her when I, when I looked it up. I looked up one of these people that I didn't know, and like one of them was this kind of hot, like dark-haired chick. And I don't know if it's her or not. So I don't, I don't okay. know. I don't, I don't know. I, let me, let me uh, maybe Jennifer Reeder is the, the dark-haired, like sexy woman. I don't know. But yeah, the, that was kind of throwaway. Um, I, did, I thought it started off kind of interesting. You know, like it was, um, yeah, Jennifer Reeder. She's got like tattoos. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ghost, Ghost, we probably knew, you probably know her from going to shows or something. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that had promise, I thought, because, you, know, you know, going through these like this house, there's like some crazy music playing and whatever, you know, but ultimately there was no payoff with the, with the wraparound. Yeah, and we'll get to the epilogue at, at the end. I have a few thoughts about that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, right away I felt like it had kind of had a vibe of, like, a student film. Like, it, it just felt like people playing dress-up in a, in, a, in SWAT uniforms. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the interesting, oh, this is supposed to be a drug raid, but it's clearly not. And it's just it's, it's just a way to give you the, the story, same as the other ones. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of forgettable, but uh, it launches us right into the first story. Um, not called Ratman, as I have written down. It's, it's called, called Storm, Storm Drain. Drain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By uh, Chloe Akuno, and uh, she made a movie called Slut, which I haven't seen. Oh, recently, right? That's like a few, year, few years old, right? Do you know that, that, that movie? I know. I, I feel like I've seen them. It's kind of hard to forget that if you've seen that name as, as a title of a movie it sticks in your head it, it, it definitely uh i haven't seen the movie but i believe i've seen like uh i don't know something on a site about it i don't know um i you know if this was the one story that took place in a found footage movie and this was the one story set in 84 uh, you know on shitty film i, I this i'd be I'd, I'd be really into it this has enough story to sustain a whole movie, I think. I uh, agree with is, you, actually. I this is one of the ones I kind of liked, but I'm going to ir- disagree with you about one thing. Okay, all right. Allegedly, this is assembled from TV footage, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So why the shitty video film quality? Good point. You know yeah, I mean? like they don't they <laughs> yeah. don't shoot the like, news footage on like a shitty VC camcorder, like VCR camcorder. Totally, yeah. You know, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, they shoot that on. I, I mean, you know, when you when I watched the news in the '90s, it looked legit. Like it didn't look like a porno. You know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. There's a few problems. Like you know, I don't. She's not the best. I forget the actress's name, but she's not the best in the role as a reporter. Uh, but you know, it's fine. I, uh, there's a lot I like about this. Um, but there's so like a lot going on. There's like a mythology. You have this uh, this militia guy that they run into. I kind of thought like uh, you know if you if this was like a 90 minute movie, there'd be more to it than that. There's the crazy weird preacher uh, who ends up being a bigger part of the story, 
and there's the uh, the Ratman itself, which um, is one of the better visual effects in the movie. Um, I think filming in this style really didn't help the special effects. I think the, the, you kind of notice how fake they look in a lot of scenes, but yeah. I thought the Ratman creature looked pretty awesome, and and the, and I found the setting, you know, the you know the snowy banks. And the dark tunnel, you know, it just reminded me of like, you know, a, a place I used to hang out with, with my friends as a teenager and like smoke weed and drink 40s. Um, it, 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 you can't build a set like that. Like it, it was just very authentic, I, I, I thought. And this is one thing I, I wrote down, like this could be a whole movie and like you would have like, you know, a, like a, maybe like a Halloween favorite with like the rat, you know, the rat man, sort of like how like Pumpkinhead or something like that. Uh I, yeah, I pretty much enjoyed this for the most part. You know, the performances are not great. Um, it, it's kind of a, uh, you know, she gets rescued and then it has this really, really silly ending that kind of like tonally doesn't fit with the uh, 10 minutes that came before it, which, uh, I mean, it, it had a great visual gag of her, you know, vomiting that substance onto like in melting a guy's face but it just felt like it didn't belong in that story at all i don't know if you agree or not yeah i I wasn't into the ending except for the the brutality of the guy's face melting which i thought was right you know yeah (laughs) yeah it was a cool effect it looked great uh but what's that actress's name i think i've seen her before i didn't catch it i didn't catch it let me um she looks she looks familiar that's interesting because no one looked familiar to me in, in in this. It was like I don't recognize anyone. Or maybe I just saw her at the Dunkin' Donuts at, on Staten Island or something like that. You know, uh, yeah, that happens <laughs> a lot. Like uh, I watched a movie uh, called uh, "The Girl Next Door" by Jack Ketchum. He wrote the book. Uh, the movie was based on his book, and. The lead actress was so familiar to me. It was driving me crazy. And then I realized I work with her. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You told me this story, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she worked at the catering company uh, I, I, I worked for uh, about 10, uh, eight years ago or so. Um, you work with, I mean, it's such a huge staff. You work with so many people. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't see them every day. You see them every couple weeks or so. Uh Actually, same with uh, one of the actors from Absentia, the guy who plays the husband. He also worked at that uh, catering company. Um, Do you ever ask her about the girl next door? uh, No. Well, we talked about it a little bit. Like, as I was like, oh, it's funny. You know, I was reading an interview with you in a horror magazine. She's like, yeah, yeah. They make you say how much you're a big fan of the genre, blah, blah, blah. She's like, it's just words coming out of my mouth. They 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 make you say that? (laughs) <laughs> well, no, she's like, you know, like, you, you know, your publicist is like, you know, you're you're interviewing with Fangoria, you know, like brush up on your horror or something like that. Or like throw out a title you like, you know, because these fucking you know, neck beards like fucking hear shit like that. Um, Damn, that that's some fucking abusive shit, man. <laughs> Anna Hopkins, I believe her name is. I, okay. I did not like that movie, nor did I like the Jack Ketchum novel. Honestly, I gotta agree. I read, um, I read the novel on tour in Europe, and it didn't add. You know, you know what it's like touring Europe in the winter. You don't see the sun for like two months. Uh, it was, 
not not a good choice to read. And yeah, the the film just was yeah un, unpleasant in every way possible. Uh, I felt bad for even bringing it up to her. I, uh, <laughs> I that I saw it, you know. <laughs> in general, I don't like uh, these like you know women torture like brutality. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because we live in a world where you can't you have to say things like that. But honestly, right. you can go all the way back to early episodes of this show where it, we weren't forced to agree with everything that right. I have gone on record to say that I do not like movies where w- women get tortured. That's not my favorite thing. And um, yeah, that's why I don't like Hostel. That's why I didn't like The Girl Next Door. Mike made me read the book and I was like, oh man, I finished it because you know you start something, you finish it. But uh, it, was, I agree. it was torturous, man. I, I really did fucking bum me out reading that book. Yeah, it was a bum out, and the movie did not shy away from 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 the graphic uh, nature uh, uh, of the book. And uh, yeah, I know I agree with you. I don't like torture porn. Um, very few movies involving torture that that uh, that's a big part of the plot that I think is is good. Uh, I would say Martyrs is one of the few movies to, uh, of that sort of torture pornish genre. But I think it, it, it transcends. The genre—it's not a movie I'm, I'll ever watch again, but I think it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's at least really well made. Well, at least in and Martyrs, not, at least in Martyrs, the torture part of it as part actually is really part of the story. You know what I mean? It's not just like okay, we're gonna you know capture these women and, and smack them around and like you know whatever, force them to be naked and stuff like that. It's the whole point of a martyr is someone who has a transcendent experience through like excruciating pain. You right, know, and that's to get as close to death as possible to see beyond into like whatever you know trip that you know people think is beyond like uh, you know mortality. So brilliant movie, yeah. man! Brilliant movie, but very hard to watch. Yeah. Also, we should stress we're talking about the French version, not the American remake, which I've <laughs> I've never seen, but all accounts I've heard it's garbage. We covered it. We we oh yeah no no I, I maybe that's how I heard it. Yeah, dude, it was terrible. You know, the French one's the <laughs> um, way to go. When isn't it? You know, uh, what, what, what did you think about uh, the storm drain here? Do you agree with me? You're on the... Yeah, pretty much, man. Like, I like the setting. And it's like for the very few guys out there who are like me and Jeff who grew up in like the, the suburbs or like, you know, not the city settings like that, where there's like some kind of ravine where a storm drain or a drainage pipe or something like that. You almost, it almost, it's almost like as a kid, you set up your own mythologies around these things too. And that's why I think I, I really enjoyed reading it, you know, and, and even the mm. movie, you know, it's like, oh yeah, man, this reminded me of being a kid, being afraid of like, you know, the drainage ditch and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I feel even like, you know, being like a weed smoking teenager with a mohawk, there'd be like a militia guy, like hanging out on the outskirts of, of the tunnel we were hanging out in, you know, like it, 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 it felt very authentic. I really, I mean, it's not like a banger. It's not like a, you know, but but it's a good story. And uh, I, one, I just kept wishing. I was this. This deserves its own movie. This is this is this is cool. So off to a good start, at least. Yeah. The next one and, is uh, the Empty Wake, by uh, by the Kiwi Simon Barrett, not the British Simon Barrett. There's two Simon Barretts out there. Oh, see, I was—I did not know that. I know he has some connection to the uh, VHS series. I, I believe he 
wrote or directed one of the uh, stories in the original. I think you're right, actually. And uh, mostly Simon Barrett, the Kiwi, is known for TV stuff down in New Zealand. So, uh, you know, that's why, aside from VHS, I'm not too familiar with his other work. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any new TV show from New Zealand that I've seen. The only thing I think of is uh, Above Above the Lake. I think that was a New Zealand production, but that that's that's it. That's all I've seen. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'm not even familiar with that, really. Um, that was the girl who directed this that movie you told me to watch with uh, Jane Crampton or Campion, whatever her name is. She directed that movie with Mark Ruffalo. I don't remember this. Oh, you were all about it, Mark Ruffalo, and oh God, it's a kind of like a seedy murder mystery. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got uh, uh, it ended. Uh, what's her name's career? <laughs> that movie. Did it? Wait, who played the the lead? The lead, the female lead. Because uh, uh, you know. Uh, hold on a second. Yeah, I, I don't even remember. Oh, it, it has it has like a title like The Heat of the Night or something like that. I watched it based on uh, on, the, on your recommendation. What do you think of it? Uh, I actually really hated it. Oh, why why do you hate it? No, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't. I, I didn't. I didn't think this is not like something I like. I I love it, but that, there's a lot of stuff out there that I love that is garbage. That's like. Uh, well, I, I thought I'd like it too because I really liked. Uh, I like uh, her as a d- director. I loved that show she did that was set in New Zealand and starred the girl from Mad Men, I, whose name I can't think of. She's in The Invisible Man as well. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, she was so good in the role. I was like, wait, she from New Zealand? <laughs> like I didn't like. She she was very good. Are we talking um, about the same movie? No, this we're talking about the same director. Oh, okay. Like yeah, she all right, all right. did this. Elizabeth Moss was not in this movie that I'm talking about. No, she was. Yeah, this was like a nineties Mark before Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk or famous. Um Don Amici's anyway. also in this movie, right? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. It was real seedy. Oh, it yeah. was real, real uh, sketchy like New York thing. Exactly. I can see why you liked it. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> sure. real, like some dirty, like shit in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the Empty Wake, however, is sort of like, like already when fatigue was setting in with this whole concept of like shooting on video. Although, it makes sense why it looks the way it looks. Uh, you're at a funeral home. She has cameras set up for the wake. I don't. I, I don't know that people record wakes, but uh, maybe they do. I, I don't know. Um, I've never, uh, the last time I've been to one, it, it was a while ago. So, um, did you did you like this segment? No. I thought it was pretty sick when the guy had half a face at the end. Yeah. But, uh, that's about it, really. I thought it was boring. Yeah, you know, uh, it seems like so, like a lesser story and like a short collection of an author you really like. Like, you're looking around like you just buy an anthology. You're like, yeah, I'll, I, I don't know about you, but when I get anthology books, I never start with the first story. I never read it in order. I jump around. And for some reason, I usually start with, like, a shorter one. And this kind of feels like 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 that has that feel to it. Like, maybe reading it would have been more intense and frightening. But as, as a film, it comes off as pretty dull and, and boring and really predictable. You know, when the coffin moves, you, you know that's – that's going to happen any minute. I never like felt tense or jumped or anything, but, um, you know, 
uh, again, like, you know, having it shot on such shitty quality, I think, takes away from any atmosphere a story like this really needs to uh, to, to come across well. Um, yeah, it was a throwaway, definite, you know what I mean? Like, they needed to fill up, uh, you know, a slot, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, nothing of importance happens. Like, basically, you could sum it up in, like, 10 seconds. Uh, a guy dies, no one comes to his wake. Uh, <laughs> so, well, no, no, one guy does come. He says some sort of prayer, and that it really brings him to life. Although, he's showing signs of life throughout the whole, like, you know, hour she's waiting for someone to show up. And it's got um, like half a face, which I thought it's got cool. like half a head, which is a cool effect. And then there's an explosion for a reason I couldn't, I don't know, maybe I, I uh, maybe I went to like get, get a glass of water or something during that part, but there's an explosion. And then the last thing you like, the, the girl's like stumbling around. I, I, I couldn't tell. I was like, is she dead? Is she a zombie? Or is she just like in shock? I, what just happened? I'm going to say that she was a zombie because she probably got like you know, savaged by the zombie and then became a zombie, right? Yeah, probably. I, I feel like there's a million details you don't know about the story and they're just like, ah, oh, whatever, it's a short. Yeah, I, it, it, it didn't really work for me. It's not terrible, but it's just like, who cares? It just doesn't need to exist. I found the uh, the movie we were talking about. Oh, what movie? It's What's called, it called? In, in the Cut. That's, yes. Yeah. It's got Mark yeah. Ruffalo... Uh, Meg Ryan. It ended her career, apparently. That's right. Well, yeah, I saw her cheating on her husband with with Russell Crowe, and it her ended her and with that movie she made. I, I thought that was. She's got a few nails in her coffin, I guess. And Prime, Jennifer Jason Lee is in this. Who is the male lead? It's not Mark Ruffalo. He's like a side character. No, Mark Ruffalo. I would say he's the lead. And uh, Don, no, it's not Don Amici. Nick Amici is in it. Ah, they're like okay. the two the oh. two cops. Oh wait, no, I thought it was Nick. I thought it was one of the Totoro guys no, no, who no, played no. Dia. Nope, no, Nick Amici from uh, okay from Stakeland. Ah, that's right. Yep. That's yeah, yeah. I'm Mulberry Street. Yep. And uh, yeah, okay. Shit. I wow. Ruffalo's I awesome. Over a, in this, he's yeah, got, he's good he's, in everything. He's great. <laughs> He's just got like, you know, he's got like this whole mustache. He's like real dirty. He's like telling telling Meg Ryan how he's gonna eat her pussy and stuff like that. It's great. <laughs> yeah. I well, yeah, that, that movie was something. Um. <laughs> he's like, I'll do, he's like I'll, you know, do whatever you want, you know. I'll eat you, lick your pussy and you know, it's awesome. It's pretty awesome actually. Yeah, I think he had some of the same lines in the Hulk too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh as bad as that movie was, at least it was sort of interesting. Whereas uh, the empty wake, it was nothing. Yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a throwaway. Not bad, not good. Just sort of there. I'll probably never think about it again. Now, okay. What was up next? <laughs> the subject by mm. Timo Jab Jabianto. I don't. Know, I'm totally mauling his name. And, uh, that sounds yeah. That sounds as close as I as I would get to pronouncing yeah. it. Yeah. Now this one was, in my opinion, the high point of this entire fucking trip that we're watching here. You know what I mean? Really? Okay. Yeah. I was wondering because well, we talked a little bit before, and you said there was one you really liked. I was kind of curious uh, which one it was. Um, that's interesting. I'd like to hear your thoughts about it because I didn't really like this one there's only one more left and that's the one that you liked 
Yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, aside from Ratman or Storm, whatever the fuck it's called, you can call it Ratman. Rat. Actually, yeah. it's Ratma. That's the name. Ratma, That's the way yeah. they, the name they use. Ratma. Yeah. Well, atmospherically, that one's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, that one had the most potential to be awesome. I thought. I mean, there, you know, like for all the things we said before, I think that would have that could have been great. And there was just a couple of minor things that they really had to change about it. Yeah, like you know, even if it was like not a full movie, even if it was just like twenty minutes long, this like the subject is by far the longest of the stories. Like, really, you really feel, or at least I kind of felt like the the, the length of it. Like, I remember just looking, I was like, this is still going on. But uh, yeah, you go ahead. You know, you you got the more positive spin on it. Let's yeah. hear. Let's see what you think. <laughs> well, we got to remember we're we're watching shorts, okay? Right. That are supposed to like deliver maximum value for the short amount of time that we're watching these things. And, you know, the Mo brothers are known for extreme shit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this has got to be fucking extreme. You know, and it's, it's pretty extreme. Yeah. And it, it falls into like the whole format. Like, like I was saying, like, it, these remind me of, um, you know, like, like EC Comics or Creepy or, you know, something those Warren comics where there's like extreme shit that happens in five pages. Yeah. The storylines are like, okay, kind of gloss over some things. You kind of like really condense everything down to like a very reduced version of a story and you just go for it. And that's exactly what this is. It's like a mad scientist. He's trying to like create a, a machine human hybrid. So he's kidnapping people off the street and experimenting on them. So what's not to like about that storyline? Um, well, I... I mean, I, I don't want to come is, off as, like, confrontational, but it's like, I, I, <laughs> for me, I thought that's... I'm like, ah, it's, that's great. It's like, to me, it's fucking awesome. The story itself was fine. I mean, I thought when I say, like, the, the, uh, the gimmick of 1994 really, like, doesn't do the special effects any favors this is the one i was thinking of the most like i remember one of the first visual effects of the movie it looks like a voibot album cover where you have this like guy with like a robotic spider type body and uh i, I don't know what it's intention was. this move this made me laugh more than anything uh but i'm not sure what the intent was i thought the cops were cartoonishly over the like the, 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 the captain is cartoonishly evil and the the one cop you're supposed to sympathize with is cartoonishly stupid, and uh, I just wanted him to die, but you know he makes it till the end. There's also like this, like a shooter vibe. I don't, you're not a big video game guy, I would imagine. Neither no. am I, but like I, this kind of reminded me of like watching people play like a first person shooter or something like that. Even complete with like upgrades and 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 things like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, I just, I, I didn't like, like, flat out hate it. I just, it's not, wasn't really to my sensibilities. Like, uh, I watched this with my girlfriend. She mentioned something like Tetsu or something. T- Tetsuo the Iron Man. I was going to say that. It's that, that's kind of, I feel like the style of the subject is consistent with a lot of stuff that comes out of Asia and Southeast Asia when it comes to like, like, like over the top violence. Like there's a whole like extreme scene that is very much like this short where there's like kind of goofy stuff. There's a lot of like incre- you know crazy violence. There's uh you know mechanized 
you know, animal machine hybrids, you know, like video game aspects to it. Like that's, it was, to me, it was like a, a, a genre within a genre film. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. And no, I, and I and I recognized it as that, so that's why all that stuff made sense to me. Sure. Yeah. I guess like it, like like I said, it it just overstays its welcome a, a little bit. There are some nice, there are some like good uh, gags, like like when uh, one of the robot human hybrids is using one of the cops as a shield, and he's getting all shot up, like half his fucking head is blown off. That looks that that stuff was believable and and. And, and and cool. It has its moment, or like where she takes this like piece of pipe and jams it through this guy's this, this like from one end of his mouth to the other. It's, there's some good moments here and there. Uh, just for me, like it, it wasn't something that really had enough to sustain. Like it, it, it's running. I, I feel like this one should have been like the shorter one. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. Sure. That's I guess basically my my main complaint and. Uh, it came off as funny to me, but uh, maybe that's that's what it was going for. I, I, it was hard to tell. Well, like I was saying, it's it's definitely a genre within a genre. You know what I mean? That that style right, yeah. is like at times has is can be funny and a little bit goofy, and I, I yeah. think that it it serve it serviced that genre really well. Cool. Not yeah, my, I never not my favorite that. genre, but you right. know, I see it, and if it's done well, I like it. Yeah, see, I've never seen that movie that 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 you mentioned or that that my uh, girlfriend mentioned. I had a neighbor that was obsessed with it, and I, I hated him. <laughs> so I just assume I would go. hate the. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Negative uh, feelings about it before I even seen it. But uh, you know, I I really feel like they felt like this was the centerpiece of the movie. Like, hey, this is this is our uh, this this is going to be this movie's. Um. Uh, this you know the the the, the big. The big bang in the movie, like like his segment in VHS two, Safe Haven. Did you like Safe uh, Haven? I think Safe Haven's brilliant. Yeah, I, me too. I think like it's the best thing uh, in all of these movies, and like one of the better found footage films. Like you know, you know, it's only twenty minutes. It's far superior to the most of the uh, you know paranormal activity movies or anything like that. Like I think it's great. Um, and uh, I, I don't think it's something that can be replicated. And not like they were trying to replicate it with this, but, you know, he got the longest movie. And I really feel like this was like, you know, the, the, the big centerpiece of the film and it just didn't just didn't totally hit. I liked the last shot, I have to say. Where uh, you see a security camera and just see this robotic kind of human lurching like in the background. I thought that was uh, visually one of the nicer moments in the movie. Yeah, totally, man. I, I thought the whole thing was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling, yeah. I had a, I had a feeling you'd dig that one. But so you didn't really like the last one. I thought, see, Terror, the last story, deals with uh, a vampire. Supporters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it deals with some of your favorite things. Trump, vampires, you know, guns, you know. <laughs> guns, you, know you know how you are. You know. <laughs> white supremacy like that kind of stuff like uh you know fundamentalist christians yeah yeah um well i know you love vampires and i do too and i kind of like when you see like a vampire in unconventional manner uh like even like one of the cool things uh, about midnight nasa that was like that they thought it was an angel and it was clear to everyone you know it was a vampire uh i thought that was one of the more interesting aspects of well, that 
let me, here, let me say one, you, one, uh, one thing yeah, since you brought it up is that uh, in the Old Testament, the angels are the ones they call in to like destroy cities and terrorize people and shit like that. So it's uh, that I think they actually made reference to that in in um, in Midnight Mass. How, I believe you know, you're the, right. The angels are like, you know, not these beautiful creatures. Anyway, mm. yeah, we digress, but, you know, I, cover, cover that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that later. Uh, but, you know, like, I, I like this one. Yeah, I think this one was my favorite because it knew what it was and, and executed it well. I mean, they're clearly going for laughs. And uh, I thought this was actually very funny, the idea of this, like, militia, these hard, like, militia guys who are just really underneath bumbling fools and um, have somehow stumbled across a vampire, which becomes the center of their like Timothy McVeigh esque plan to blow up a building. I, I thought the story was good. I definitely um, thought, I mean, I, I didn't dislike this one. I just was surprised. It wasn't my favorite. So that's all I'm saying, you know? Right. It also looked like a uh, like one of those AMREP videos from the '90s. You never see those those collections of videos from that amphetamine reptile put out. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like it has like that vibe. It's called like dope guns and fucking up your video deck or whatever. And um, that's right. Yeah, they'll play Holy like shit. you know like helmet and the god bullies and you know whatever guzzard, and they'll have these pieces cut in that are like like segues that's what this movie reminded me of something that would have been on one of those collections yeah absolutely like it really does feel like a home movie and uh the effects are pretty good in this like you know the van I, it's been a little bit since i've seen it. Do you know they were killing the vampire every night by shooting it in the head i guess it was a way of sedating it or or, or something I didn't really know why they were doing that. I thought maybe I had to do a collecting blood or I, I don't know. Or I don't know what the fuck they were doing that for. I got to be honest. Like if anyone out there saw this and they want to let me know what the point of that was, please, please, uh, you know, bring me up to date on it. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I think I missed it too. Cause there's an alarm going off when they do it. And, um, and then you get the guy who's like, well, have you ever thought of testing it out? And it, it's just funny that these guys who take themselves so seriously, it, never thought to test it out and the whole scene where they test the blood and it explodes is it's pretty comical it's 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 pretty fun the whole thing is funny you know you have uh, drunk guys uh trying to make out with a vampire you know it ends up you know with everyone dead and uh as it should be but this is the only story uh that connects to another story which I think is new for the franchise, or at least it's the first time I caught it. The cop who's helping this white supremacist militia is one of the SWAT team members. Oh, I didn't, from I didn't the wraparound story. I didn't oh, pick yeah. up on that. Well, segueing nicely into the end, the guy uh, uh, who's tied up in the chair is, uh, they say, hey, we saw you in the last video. Oh, so shit. I. Okay. Yeah, so he's got to be the cop who's helping him. You know, the cop who. They're like, yeah, you know, you're you're the real heroes with a dope like Clinton in office. Um, you could, t I think there was like, you know, they were trying to be a little bit timely with 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 the subject matter, and this is an instance where it it really worked. 
uh, you know, the the idea that, hey, white white supremacy has infiltrated the police force. And uh, uh, I thought this was a, an interesting way of tackling it, you know, like <laughs> making like these guys just look like a bumbling bunch of fools. Yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty cool. Also, the vampire was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. He just kind of looked like, uh, you know, a guy you would see who worked at like a library or something. But at the end, though. Like but at you, the end, yeah, yeah, when you when you see like the uh, the full the, the what he really looks like, yeah, that effect was was, was pretty cool. I I would have rewritten this a little bit myself. I know that I do this a lot, where I like have my, like oh, I, I always like Mike's rewrites. I, I, <laughs> you can go for it. It's like I, I I would if they'd asked me for some for some notes, you know, I would have sent them this. I would have if I would have written this, I would have had the white power guys. The Trump supporters uh, are going to become a legion of vampires. Mm. Like they were shooting at this thing in the head, collecting its blood and taking the blood themselves. So that could be they could be a legion of the night. And they would do their uh, Trumpist maneuvers against uh, democracy. You know what I mean? Mm. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So you would, yeah, you have to, because they keep referring to this thing as a monstrosity, an abomination. So you'd have to do away with all of that. Well, like, because I would also, you know, once again, like the Nazis, you know, had um, this whole plan about werewolves, like in World War II. Right. You know, there's, there's like a cult sort of, uh, you know, thing that was going on. And I would have, like, instead of werewolves, vampires. And that's what these guys were fancying themselves like a new nouveau third reich right yeah but then again that's you know, that's that's not the story that we're, we're we have here so I, and I, I, i'm aware of that you know personally i would have gone with a darker ending like the, like the lead white supremacist i forget what they call him dad or something like that uh he's a buffoon in the end he just sort of blows up i was thinking when i was watching well he's clearly a vampire why does he just go to that building himself and sacrifice himself and then execute his plan that that would have been like a pretty dark ending sure uh, that's kind of where i thought it was going to go but it just sort of kind of ended um again although this is probably my favorite segment i thought it like it, it knew what it was and executed it well it, it's nothing great it, it's not like oh jesus oh my god you gotta watch this but for this collection i i, I think it's the 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 stronger uh, uh, of the four. And um, I guess they kind of use that cop as like sort of like to give that epilogue some sort of meaning or something. But man, that epilogue was was really, really dumb and really, really bad. Yeah, the epilogue was like the, the rapper. The conclusion of the wraparound story was like, it was almost like not having a story. You know what I mean? It was like, I thought that the concept was so throwaway and just ridiculous that they shouldn't even have had one, you know? Yeah, it was like, well, were they, were they saying like this cop is getting what he deserves because, you know, he's helping these white supremacists? I thought that's, I was like, yeah, I get that. He's getting like some sort of comeuppance. It's very, you know, creep show, EC comics, but like, it, it's also like being committed. He's also being like tortured and murdered by two cops. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, so if they're trying to make some sort of social commentary with uh, with police 
violence. Uh, it was really misguided. And uh, the performances at the end by the two girls, and uh, I'm sad to say, were like, yeah, porno-esque. Like, this is, you thought you were coming on a fucking drug rage. Well, this is our fucking, like, just like, it, it was seemed like it was written by a 15-year-old. <laughs> like, they really lean into every, like, fuck, oh, you fucking, you know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, I was like, oh, but, oh, damn, these, like, two hot chicks are going to, like, fucking beat this guy up or smack him around or whip him or I'm like, that doesn't sound like much of a fucking, you know, like, punishment, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for some people, it wouldn't be a punishment at all, I guess. Um, yeah, they inexplicably, like, get into, like, suits. They get out of their SWAT uniform and get into suits. And then the movie ends with um, a song about dead... Uh, I think it's by NDC, by uh, more dead cops, I, and which yeah. was, I think, the same song title. Uh, so I, I wasn't sure if this movie... I was like, is this movie trying to have some sort of... Trying to make some sort of commentary on today's politics. Probably. I mean, yeah, it, it probably was. And uh, if, it, if it, if I don't know, I don't think they were very successful in it um, as far as that goes. Um, I thought the dumb white supremacist worked much better. Uh, it was actually entertaining. It was actually funny. It was well written and everything like the, the wraparound story wasn't. It was dumb nonsensical and and acted yeah like like a porno basically yeah definitely and um, a porno vibe to it yeah and you know i like i know it like i was thinking a lot about like this today about anthology movies in general and i've noticed that the best ones have one director those are usually the most consistent yeah i think you're right about that yeah, like you look at Creepshow, all George Romero. I forget the director of Creepshow 2. And yeah, we all know Creepshow 2 is nothing compared to, you know, it's, it's, its predecessor. But it does have the same level of quality going throughout it. Some stories are better than others. But there, there's a thread going through it. Same with, uh, have you seen Southbound? Yeah, I did. I, I have, some of it I like more than others. I thought some of it was pretty good. Some of it not so much. Hmm. I can agree with that. I, I, it's it's a singular vision, at least. I think a lot of like anthologies that have like four or five different. It's always like you know some stinkers, some good ones, um, and this definitely. Uh, I mean, but that's the whole concept of these movies is like different. You know, people are watching different tapes; they're gonna have different feels to it. I, I get that. Um, yeah, I, I think that the first two I really dug, you know, like the first two VHSs, and I think it's like in the spirit of fun and like um kind of like when you get like those like you know co a compilation or something like that with a bunch of different bands on it and some of them are great some are like okay and some of them you right. don't like and that's yeah and that's I, I i really enjoyed that about the vhs series and and even this one even though i think this is like not probably at the bottom of, of the four still had some some high points in it which i enjoyed now, if you were to rate these, like, which one would you, uh, how would you rate these? Like, as far as, oh, it, you know, as far as, like, in, in ascending order or descending order, which is your favorite and which is your least favorite? Okay, I'd say my favorite was uh, The Terror. Okay. Uh, the last one, I would give that uh, three and a half. Okay. Uh, All right. But... You know, I'd also probably give uh, Storm Drain 
three, probably three. Okay. Um, what else do we have? Uh, the Empty, Empty Wake. Yep. Two. And uh, the subject probably two. And the wrap, uh, the wrap around. The wrap around, <laughs> I would give. Uh, what's the lowest we go on Necromaniacs? Oh, we go one. <laughs> one. Yeah, I would give that a one. I mean, I would give that a half if we, we but like a uh, one is uh, point five. Yeah, yeah. the uh, one is generous. How about you? I I think keeping one as the lowest rating really that says enough. You know what I mean? We don't need to like, go down you. to like point five, yeah. or like point one eight six or something like that. You know? We're not pitchfork. Yeah. Um, why they do that? Partial points. Yeah, it's like some albums. I haven't read Pitchfork in forever, but I remember reading like an, one of our albums that got like an 8.3. I was like, well, what makes it an 8.3 and not an 8.2 or an 8? Or a, Yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't make, didn't make sense to me. Yeah. All right, so my favorite is the, the subject, and I give that a solid 3.5, okay? Okay. Number two is Storm Drain. I give that one a 3. Mm-hmm. The Terror is after that. I give that a 2.5. Holy hell, I give a 1. Mm. And the and the and uh, I'm sorry, uh I, I skipped something there. The, oh, uh, oh, the, yeah, uh, the, the empty cake. wake. The empty wake, I also give a 1. That okay. one that right. one I like Actually, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, holy hell, the wrap around and 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 empty wake are both equally as bad in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess I, I I could see like what could have been with uh, uh, the wake, but uh, yeah, it's just not. It just wasn't there. Cool idea. You can maybe make suspenseful uh, in a different format. Uh, yeah, it, it really. Well, I gave it a two. I would probably yeah. I should probably lower it to like a one and a half. <laughs> like no, now that no, I'm thinking no. about it. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, that's good. Right. Yes, one and a half is good. Yes. Okay. Okay. There we um, go. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a fucking, you know, all right, cool. You, we're going to be part of this thing. Let's write a script. Oh, shit, it's due tomorrow. Fuck, what am I going to come up with? Oh, I'm going to have a guy, like someone in a, a coffin. He's a zombie. How yeah. fucking brown-graking that is. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it wasn't the fact that he had half a face, I, I, I would have given it, like, you know, like, that, that's the, literally the only thing that's cool about, about the story. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not scary. It's not atmospheric. It's just, it's not suspenseful. There's nothing, really, nothing there to, to to like. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. So, and that's uh, yeah, that, that's our assessment of this thing. Yeah. So overall, like if you had a grade as a, as a whole, it sounds like we're somewhere in like the the, the two and a half star range, something, something like, that. like that. If you if you like aggregated all of our scores, it would probably be about two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. One thing I'll point out, uh, Greg Anderson from uh, Sun, Southern Lord Records, and the band Engine Kid did, did, the, did the music. There's not a whole lot of it. Uh, you hear some of it on a boombox, and you hear some of it over the scrolling credits. Um, so if you're a fan of his music, uh, there's an added bonus there for you. Uh, if you're not a fan of his music, well, there you go. Well, <laughs> you don't hear too much of it. Actually, you know what's funny? Uh, 
last night I watched this thing on Netflix called Oak Studios, which is mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Neil Blomkamp uh, shorts. Oh, interesting. Some of them I've seen already because they were on the on his YouTube page. Have you checked any of those out? I know that we don't I, like we generally don't like his newest work. I did see some of those years ago. Yeah. Um, and thought like, okay, he's maybe returning to form. We're gonna get something at least as good as as District Nine, but uh, the movie he made recently uh, says otherwise. <laughs> Ah, man, it's so disappointing because I think that just based on the power of his shorts, the guy should have like a tremendous career. But it's like, I don't know what happens between maybe too many other people get involved, but his shorts. And if any of you guys out there want to check it out, it's like Oak Studios. It's like on you can look it up on Netflix and it has like different episodes and they're all like maybe 20 minutes long. They're shorts. And uh, fucking Sigourney Weaver's in one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's like that very, very creative, very dark. You know, there's all sorts yeah. of like, it's it's cool because it's like, oh man, this is like I had so such high expectations for him, but it just his last couple of films, no, no good. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, uh, he was attached to do an alien sort of, uh, sort of like what what Halloween's doing now. You know, he was gonna retcon where like the movie he was going to do would take place as if nothing after aliens existed. So Newt was going to be involved and all this. It sounded pretty cool. And he's a master of visual effects. So him doing alien was like, well, that could be like this guy's return to, to, to good grace because the, the, his last two, his last three films from being on were, were, were pretty bad. Demonic was so uh, bad I, I i can't tell you anything that happened in it this is bored yeah i think we talked about covering it and then when we both saw it we were both like i don't know maybe we shouldn't cover this movie <laughs> yeah i had nothing good to say about it and the, if i had to like rewatch it i'd tear my fucking if i had hair i'd tear it out uh i could see it, him doing a good job with alien like a, an alien reimagining you know yeah, total word like Newt's alive and and Burke and and Ripley like, I would I would watch that with him doing it. I, I'm sure he would come up with a very cool. I mean, the alien creature is already there for him. You know, I think he would probably just come up with something. You know, like another like mutated like alien or something that looks even crazier. Uh, but or it some, wasn't to be some kind know? of like organic spaceship or something like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like. Um, yeah, it's interesting that David, uh, the great David Fincher, made the third Alien movie because it's it's really not very good. It's not that good, but I still watch that one though. I still kind of like that movie. Uh, if you have the uh, box set with all four of the films, there's an alternate cut of uh, Alien Three that I think plays much better. But uh, David Fincher still disavows it. He says for it to be a true director's cut, I have to like burn it down and start from scratch. Oh wow! That's how much. Yeah, that's how much he hates Alien Three. You know, he was just a guy who did videos at that point. I think the studio was really gonna kind of giving him uh, hell through that movie. I mean, if only they could look into the future and see that this would be the guy who directs, you know, Zodiac and Seven and and uh, you know, Gone Girl. On uh, you know, he's. I mean, who would have thought he would become this great director from you know from watching Alien Three? 
You know, I should get that box set because the one I have is like, I think I bought it at like a Love's truck stop or something. You know what I mean? Like, I got, it's like like this total bootleg version of it, you know, so I should it's not get... even formatted to fit widescreen TVs. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's like I have I have the alien films on like, you know, some sort of do, like DVD, like, you know, bootleg made in you know whatever canadian version of it or something like that yeah 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 but i should invest and get like the real deal like collection because i i definitely like those movies it's worth it and like all the bonus stuff is really cool um you know, as bad as alien resurrection is there's it's sort of an interesting watch of like just the complete wrong sensibilities for a movie uh you know, because you know uh, the guy who directed Amelie did that. Like, can you imagine? Like, the, it's just such a weird fit. Um, but uh, it's a curious. It's worth a watch every few years to to, to try and remember his Alien Resurrection as bad as I, I I remember it is. And every time I come to the conclusion, yes, it is. Any any thoughts on this new Hellraiser thing that's about to happen at some point? Uh, you know, you know me, man. I like to, I like to hope, I hope everything's going to be good. Uh, you know, when they announced David Gordon Green, the guy behind the Halloween, uh, last two Halloween films is, is doing an Exorcist sequel. Uh, that's also going to be a trilogy immediately. Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as, as optimistic as I want to be, I think, do we, do we really need it? Uh, that's sort of how we feel, you know, but then again, Hellraiser, there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. Like it's, uh, it, it, it could be cool. It could be cool. I hope so. Cause that's like, I love Hellraiser one and two. Me too. Uh, you know, I thought I like, I remember that, you know, the guy who did Sinister did one of those directed video sequels, the one with the, uh, the detective or Craig oh, Schaefer man. from. I, th- I remember it was like, dude, that one was really good. And I watched it like two years ago. I was like, holy shit, this is you terrible. You wanted to do, you wanted to cover those. I remember your idea was like, oh, let's do a Hellraiser, like one through whatever. And I was like, I, I went, I, I checked out the third one again. I was like, man, you sure? Horrible. Is the third one really bad? Like, I remember it being kind of cool when it was I was a bad. kid. bad, real bad. Yeah. Dude. Real yeah. bad. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I never seen the one that takes place in space. But uh, <clears throat> back when I lived in Boston, they had like a. I was pro- probably insanely hungover or something, and was just watching all the Hellraiser sequels that went straight to DVD were on Sci-Fi, and I watched all of them. And I, for the life, I can't remember why, but I remember thinking, "Oh, the Craig Schaefer one's really, really good." No, it's not. It's a piece. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's really bad. But uh, yeah, any anyone out there? Uh, well, by now, by the time you listen to this, this will already have happened. But I will be at uh, Chiller Con this weekend, um, signing autographs. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be lurking around at Chiller Con. So maybe, hopefully, I've seen some of you guys. But uh, but yeah, Mike is not going to be going. The first time in two decades, Mike Scandato will be missing Chiller. Wow, he's moving, right? He's moving. It's the end of the month, moving into a new place. So I understand. Uh, in New York, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's staying, oh. staying in Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Moving's a fucking nightmare, no matter where you, you can be moving down the block, and it, it's horrible. Well, the fact that it's in New York makes it even more of a pain in the ass, even if you're going from someplace in New York to another place in New York. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I can. I remember helping him when I lived in New York. Helped a friend move. And as soon as I, 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 I agree, like I instantly regretted it. 
It was, it was horrible. If you really care about someone, don't ask them to help you move. Yeah, I'm the same way about that, man. Now that I don't have a van, no one asks me to help them anymore. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, when we moved to the east side, to Highland Park here, we, we hired the real rock and roll movers. Because uh, uh, we were like, you know what, dude, we're not going to like, you know, pay our, you know, like, hey, we're going to get you pizza and beer. So we're, we're too old for that shit at this point, you know? <laughs> let's just let's just pay and just get it done. It, yeah. It was, yeah, totally. absolutely worth it. Absolutely yeah, I hired worth movers it. too when I moved, so that's good. Yeah. Um, well, all right. I think that covers uh, VHS four. Um, if there is a VHS five, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll end up talking about that because uh, yeah, man. There's there's like enough there to keep me interested, I guess. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Still, as much as like you know. Like we said, we average about two and a half. So it's you know, if people ask, should you see it? It's it's a, it's a it's an effective time waster you know it's if you're coming home from the bar and it's like midnight you want to throw something on this is this, this is what something like this would be good for well thanks for listening everyone and i'll talk to you next week take care take care everyone <laughs>